Hi, I'm Brad Humphrey, and this is the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. We are sponsored by Caterpillar, and we're brought to you by 4constructionpros.com. In today's podcast, we want to look at quick wins for operators, the people actually operating the equipment. I think we're entitled, we're going to be uh, having a good time of discussion today. I'm joined by three of the experts, certainly three of the best guys and the smartest guys I know in, in, in the industry. One is Jason Hurtis, and Jason is at Caterpillar. He's involved with the quarry and aggregates, a specialist in that area. We're also joined by Lonnie Fritz, heavy and highway uh, construction equipment. We're glad Lonnie's with us today. And Scott's joining us, and he represents the great technology portion of the industry. Guys, it's so good to have you here. How are you guys doing today? Very good, Brad. Doing good. Yeah, it's good to hear you guys again. Hey, let's pick up on what I was talking about. You know, one of the terms that's become suddenly even bigger than ever, and I think Tom Brady had something to do with it, although I think Michael Jordan was called at first the goat. You know, we used to think of a goat as something that was an animal, but now it's taken on a whole new meaning with greatest of all time. One of the things we want to try to do in this podcast, guys, is talk about some quick wins for operators. In other words, what can we help existing current operators and, and future operators to turn adequate performance into, I mean, some of the best in the industry. Lonnie, you want to start us off? What might be some highlights of things that we want to challenge our listeners today on how to take the operators to the next level? Yeah, it really comes down to, you know, time in the seat, right? You mentioned some of the great ones. One of my favorites, Michael Jordan. I share that with my son till t still today as he's 11 years old and very active in sports. I said, you know, Michael Jordan shot free throws all the way up to the last day before he retired. And the same goes for any operators. You could be a long-term operator. You could be new to the trade. It really comes down to, you know, time in the seat. But also, we're using machines. If we specifically talk about the trades, the operator trades is, get comfortable in your office. Know exactly what that machine can and cannot do. Uh, be versed in your machine that you're going to run. You know, the owner's operation maintenance manual is now going into more of our monitors versus just the book tethered behind the seat. Understand it clearly. Go out there and leverage all those digital resources we have, such as the YouTube videos. Understand that machines are coming today with what we call operator ID. I can simply draw a correlation for you, and that is the pre-settings of your seat, your six-way mm. seat in your vehicle. Just hit mm. number one, and that's for you. Hit number two, and that's for your significant <laughs> other. And, and that, that's what Operator ID does in, let's say, a next-generation excavator. Um, I just want to add I just want to add real quick, and never confuse those two, right? This is true. Yes, <laughs> yes. You want to make sure you're pushing the right button, right? And uh, right. we'll leave it that figuratively. But yeah. uh, it, it has all those personalized settings there for you, those stored configurations. So when we say machine-specific, and what are those quick takeaways for the operators is know what you're working with, um, practice it, use those, those machines and technologies as efficiently, as skillful as you can. Ask questions. Ask questions is one of the best ways to, again, get better and really be more proficient in your operating efficiencies. And that's on the operator side. And then we can get in the whole side of uh, machine operation best practices on how we set up the excavator, let's say with indexing tracks and final drives behind us and stick length when we really want to look at stick length that is matching the bench height when we're looking at excavators and, and all the other different things with wheel loaders and articulated trucks. So many, many efficiencies and the ways, again, to go from good to great. Jason, add on to that, will you? Would you build on that? I mean, what else should we be maybe providing some thoughts on how do we get 
some adequate production into really greatest of all time type of operators? Well, I've worked with operators all over the world, and I got to say, I, I have yet to meet one that did not think they were the greatest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true, too. That is which, true. Which is good because it, it shows that yeah. their passion and their due diligence. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but one of the things they, they need to learn is they need to ask. You know, if you come off a 980C into a 980 next gen, that machine is really different than what you're coming off of. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid to get a hold of your dealer and say, look, I, I need my certified demo instructor or my demo operator to come out and spend a day with me and, and show me how to set the machine up. Show me what the different features are. Because we spend millions and millions of dollars putting in operator assist features, operator aids, that makes their job easier. And they need to know what those aids are, where they're at, how to turn them on, how to turn them off, when to use them, when not to use them. Because yeah. they're there for the operator. They're there to make the operator's job better and to take an average operator to a GOAT. And the machine will automatically do it for you. Yeah, it is interesting. Your, I thought your process, how you start off, was great. I, I, you know, when you think about it, a lot of operators, do sort of think they're probably the best of all time, and that may be that may therein lie a little bit of the problem that their pride won't let them ask questions. But I have found that even some of the better and truly the better operators I've been around, usually they're not they're the best. Always want to get better in most cases. That sometimes that's how you have to challenge them. I think they do. I mean, they are artists and they are a craftsman yep. of yep, their trade. Yep. And, we're, and you know what? We're losing the good ones. I mean, we, we are losing. We need to increase that education to develop that next generation as we as we see a little bit of an aging workforce, for sure, in construction. Scott, as you've listened to these two guys, I know you've been involved with this type of thing as well. Any thoughts on just adding some wins for turning a, an adequate operator? He, you know, he or she handles it okay into something that's really a piece of art. Well, Brad, honestly, these two guys that are talking with me, they are goats in my mind. And they do have some great knowledge that needs to get out there to the, the operators. But put it in the perspective of a chef at a big high-end restaurant. You know, he's always working on his either new recipe or new delivery of how the nice piece of grilled steak looks when it goes out there on your plate to sit down and eat. And we have operators who are doing the same thing. They've got a lot of job pride. And they really want to make that job even better. And we're giving them a couple little things, you know, maybe some tuning parameters so that they can change the hydraulic response when you're in different materials. Just something little like that. They can still use their same techniques, but if the hydraulics change and they're going to get a, a finer, more accurate grade, just a little dial here and there would help them opposed to them fighting the system due to the ground conditions changing, sort of like cruise control on our vehicles. You know, before cruise control, life was not that bad, but boy, it's sure nice to hit that cruise control button. And how often do you get a little frustrated when you set cruise control and then somebody slow in front of you or runs up behind you and you got to adjust it? You know, get in there and get comfortable, like Lonnie said. Well, I think I'm showing my age now because I my equation wouldn't have been cruise control. My my comparison would have been uh, power steering. <laughs> that's, how further, that's how much further back I go. But I know exactly what you're saying. You know, one of the things, guys, that that all contractors are dealing with, and really all industries, is trying to find those nuggets of individuals out there who seem to show a little bit of potential for really adapting almost like a duck to water, but really adapting quickly to equipment. And I don't want to take our theme. I don't want to take our focus off of what we're talking about, 
But can you guys address about, okay, what might we look for for those operators that really do show? I mean, what are some of the signs of an individual that might have the right stuff that just needs to be developed? Any thoughts on that? Oh, there's lots of characteristics. I mean, one is drive, passion. One that I've run into recently that I guess I didn't have in the top of my mind of, you know, what makes a good operator is patience. Hmm. You know, the ability to read a job site, the ability to see what's happening and be a little bit patient, but yet have the ability to improvise, adapt, overcome, and, and have the patience to to react and change to things that, that are going to happen on a job site on a daily basis. I I did not have that characteristic, you know, like in my top five of what makes a great operator until recently when I've seen, okay, that is a true differentiator between good and the greatest of all time. That's interesting. Yeah. I think some of it, Brad, comes down to management, right? You know, as a former project manager, it's, you know, who do you have on your team? You know, and I was blessed to have a following of people that want to stay right with me and always want to know what the next job was. So I knew their talents. I knew what they were capable of. And we always said, you have those individual operators that can hog the dirt. Yeah. And then you, and then you have your finish hands. So <laughs> you, you have the group that's on the D10 pushing the 657. And then you have the other group that's over there on the motor grader finishing the slope and selling it to the inspector mm-hmm. or the engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really understanding your team putting the right person in the right position, like Jason mentioned, um, Mm -hmm. most Finnish blade hands are pretty patient individuals. (laughs) You may have a little more ram and jam and a little more aggressive mentality and approach, not trying to be stereotypical here, to to those that may be in more of the bulk excavation side. You know, you look Mm -hmm. at an operator running a screed on an asphalt paver, pretty detail oriented. You know, a lot of finesse is there, a lot of pride in work, which they all take pride in their work, you know, and then that what's really motivates and drives them. That's one of the things I miss in the industry is, you know, looking yeah. back and saying, hey team, look what we did with yeah. that team of people assigned to their task and just knocking it out of the park every shift. But that's on the manager and really understanding where do you put them to help them excel to help them get to where they want to be in their career and also for the the good of the company and and your clientele. That's really some good insight. You know, Jason, you made the comment earlier that about patience, you know, and I have, I think you guys have seen this too, a finish grader does take a little bit more time to think through and then they actually move the equipment a little bit slower because they want to really make sure they get that final grade just perfect versus the guy or the gal that's out there just trying to rip up you know, rip up the soil. And I've compared that to carpenters. You know, there's there's finished carpenters and there's rough-end carpenters. And the rough-end carpenters, I have found, typically use a lot more nails. But when you see those finished carpenters, and I had an uncle that was a finished carpenter, and, I, you know, you could have, it was like watching paint dry on a fence. But the point was, when Ricky got done with that job, it was just, there was no better product for a finish. And I think that's what we're talking about here is that, you know, you're going to have all kinds of personalities and we know we have different personalities of operators out there anyway. And, and we do have a tendency in this industry, Hey, if it goes, if it works good at this speed, it's got to work twice as good at the next speed up, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, because if it's faster, I'm more effective. And that's the one thing, Jason, that's what I thought about. I, I've got a particular operator in mind right now that I won't, <laughs> won't name them obviously, but an individual who I have often had to slow them down and say, whoa, 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 you got to slow this down. Number one was a safety issue. 
But number two, you know, quite honestly, he didn't have the expertise to be running a skid steer at the speed that he's running. And that's what we need to think about as well. Hey, Scott, I'm going to give you the last say here. Any final thoughts on just getting those quick wins with operas? I know you take this from a different perspective, but I want to hear it. Yeah, go along some of Jason's comments there, Brad. It would be planning and plan a process. So if you, you know, spend a couple minutes at the beginning of the day and you get a plan and you talk to communicate to your other operators on what you're going to do and what they're going to do, mm-hmm. it seems to get a lot better process in the job and then a better product at the end of the job because I'm not looking out of my window all the time and wondering what in the heck is Brad doing it like that for? <laughs> right, and we're right, all right. working together. Yeah, that's good. Boy, this has been a... Beautiful podcast. Thank you guys for all your input on this. Good, good stuff. Hey, if you're listening to this, especially as a contractor or an operator, uh, we certainly want you to know that we're, our thoughts are for you. This is the whole idea behind this particular podcast. If you're a contractor and you have an operator who could benefit from this, share this with them. Nothing wrong with listening to it again. In fact, for more podcasts, you can certainly go to forconstructionpros.com and get more topics that we have recorded over the last few years or go to one of your favorite podcast spots. I mean, you may have an access to uh, some other areas that you like and you can probably find us maybe on some other uh, platforms. So we're glad you've been a part of us. Well, Jason Hurtis, Lonnie Fritz, Scott Hageman, it's been a joy to with you guys again. Hey, this again has been presented to you by forconstructionpros.com and sponsored by Caterpillar. We thank you for listening today. Hey, take the ideas that these three guys have shared with you. Put them to work. We want you to have a great year. Be competitive. Let's have a knockout year for construction. Thank you for listening. Don't want to miss a podcast? Sign up for alerts on the Contractor's Best Friend webpage on forconstructionpros.com. Forconstructionpros.com.